And here we are. Welcome to Ribbon... Sorry, that was a terrible quote. Um, we Welcome to Ribbon of Memes, episode 39. Um, this is a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other heroes as masterpieces. I am joined, as ever, by Roger. Excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you. I wonder if you'd help me test a theory. <laughs> that was a much better quote. So, um, I am Nick. And we are here to discuss today John McTiernan's 1993, uh, spoilers, possibly not masterpiece, but enjoyable film, Last Action Hero. Yeah, which is a film that got a terrible reputation, and I and will be looking into some of the reasons for that as well, because it, it's not the obvious ones. Yes, we'll uh, we'll talk about it. We are returning to John McTiernan after Die Hard, which was eight two nine. So he's made um, two other films since then. Uh, the Hunt for Red October, which was a fair old success. Yes, I didn't love it, but it was okay. Uh, yeah. And Medicine Man, uh, also I, with Sean Connery. I I don't know. I found it incredibly dull. <laughs> uh, most people I, did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, after this, he will direct five more films, and, and none then of this his is likely. Will get- here. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, The Thomas Crown Affair, I actually quite rate that. Uh, okay. 13th Warrior, which I haven't seen. Right. Uh, Rollerball and Basic, which, yeah, I don't think anybody would claim that those are really, yeah. And then he'll end up in prison in a bizarre scandal involving a private eye and lying to a jury and perjury and then perjuring himself again. You know, somebody anyway. would make a film about that. <laughs> The point is, he might have thought this was the nadir of his career at the time, <laughs> but it was not. I'm being cruel. That, that, um, not because it's a terrible film, but because it really it didn't. It lost money, which is the biggest sin anyone can commit in Hollywood. Um, and, and it took him a while to recover from that, hopefully. Well, let's yeah. talk about the film, and then we can talk about the background behind it. Last Action Hero is um, a Schwarzenegger um, action hero film, but it is a... A meta one where we have um, uh, an action character um, whose film is invaded by a child with a magic ticket. Um, Danny gets a magic ticket belonging once to Harry Houdini, invades the film. That that famous uh, guy who had absolutely (laughs) no tolerance for claims of magic in the real world. Exactly. He was a notoriously magical Harry Houdini who who believed in magic with every pore of his being. he does. Uh, he does do a good ghost written story about under the pyramids. However, um, uh, Danny um, then, with his knowledge of action movie tropes, um, explains to Jack that he's an action hero, not a real character. Then the villain of the piece, Benedict, comes out of the film into our real world, um, followed, pursued by Jack, who, unaware of just how shitty it is in reality compared to an action film, um, I think that is an amazing pitch for a film. Hmm. Uh, I, I I love the idea of it. I, I love the idea of playing with the action movie tropes. And then I love the idea of the action hero suddenly finding all his million-to-one chance nonsense just doesn't work in reality. But um, that isn't the film we got. Unfortunately, I think the film... I think the film almost tries to do that and then lacks the courage of its convictions. Well, and never, and sort of that's not where it started. Um the, the this is one of those things that one of those scripts that got got bought and then got very thoroughly rewritten to the extent that the guys who wrote the original screenplay get story by credits rather than uh, script well, this credits. Is a, this is a weird script because it was written as a parody of exactly the kind of action movie film that Shane Black was famous for of Lethal Weapon fame, mm-hmm. and then it was rewritten by Shane Black. <laughs> yeah, um, though. It's parody, yes. I've had a look at the original script, and one of the elements in there is the the futile cycle of violence in the film world, which never achieves anything, and Danny is basically presented with the possibility of getting revenge for all the crap that life has handed him. You right. know, are, are you going to shoot this guy and get your revenge and become, in essence, evil, or are you going to live in the real world? Okay, That's so the script they bought. These action heroes are evil characters who are vi- evil, violent characters. No, I'll tell you who's offering him that choice: the projectionist. 
Oh, I see. Oh, my goodness. And when, when, if you keep that in mind, it makes certain things that are just seem to be dangling in the film that finally got made make a little bit more sense, I think. Right. Well, we can talk through that as we go along. Um, but anyway, uh, it, as you say, it got punched up. It got a lot of people working on it. William Goldman, uh, Carrie Fisher did some script doctoring Carrie on it. Fisher did say, yes. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. it's punchy. I um, well, so flat out, I, uh, this might be one where it, uh, we don't need to sort of play our cards close to our chest. For, and we've already kind of for me, I really enjoy this film. I it's a hard film though because I'm constant, slightly not constantly, but often disappointed about the film I wanted it to be rather than the yeah. film it was. I think um, I think that's fair. I, I I was not aware of its bad reputation when I first saw it, and. I gotta say, I loved it. Right, yes. I, I, it's certainly a good action film, if nothing else. Well, yeah, that, that's the, that's the, well, come back to this, but, um, I, I like the sense of humour. I mean, this is, yeah. this is Arnie doing comedy in the way that really works for me. This is Arnie actually qu- stretching himself quite a lot as an actor. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, if you consider how different he is here to both the Terminator and the Terminator 2, I mean, he has grown into this superstar status and then he's he's taking a dig at it mm. um yeah and it's it's it doesn't quite uh, there was a scene in particular if we're talking about arnie's acting there's a scene in particular where um he's just come back to the real world and he's sort of sitting down in the steps of the cinema uh saying oh i just found out i'm a fictional character it just it really was some bad acting from my perspective. It just didn't didn't ring true. Mm. He does it much more relaxed. You know the the breakfast scene later. Yeah, on the, the, that kitchen scene is great. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I I agree. It, it, He's it's a very the, different yeah. character. Um. So. Yeah, I I think the the plot is is and it does hold together, but it's something of a mess. Um. Oddie does well, a great job here. Uh, we should talk about Austin O'Brien, the kid. Uh, this was not his first screen role. His first screen role was in The Lawnmower Man, and they let him come back after being in that. Oh, my God. I don't think um, it was his fault that The Lawnmower Man was terrible. Utterly. It's also one of the worst um, adaptations of a Stephen King story. But he the he story... went back to the sequel, too. Oh, my goodness, did he? Uh, uh, it's a but bad film. Be, and being a bad fair story to the guy, based he, on. From a quick search, he doesn't appear to have had any, you know, drug busts, arrests, rehabs, etc. So by child actor standards, he's doing pretty well. I was almost scared to look him up. Um, I, he has I kept working. Him, he has kept working as well. Um, I I find him tolerable. <laughs> I, I, uh, I He's not utterly annoying, uh, but yeah. he's not. I, he doesn't kind of charm me in... I know I'm in uh, in the company of one here. He doesn't compel me or charm me in the way that the cast of Stand By Me does, for instance. Um, I know your mileage may be. <laughs> well, I, I've certainly seen uh, characters portrayed by child actors whom I found more interesting. I was more willing to watch. I yes. see previous episodes we've talked about, but uh... well, did we touch on Empire of the Sun? I do think Christian Bale's character there is fantastic, but a totally different film, of course. So I'm not mm. Uh, but yes, he's he's good in it. He doesn't quite sell it for me. He, he's got a lot of work to do, and he does most of it. Yes, he does. He does. Um, I tell you, he's good in it. I think you know. Yeah, the the it's guy who dance. reportedly wear a, wore a t shirt during filming, saying, "I'm cheaper than Alan Rickman." <laughs> oh my god! Who was supposedly Tell- offered the part and turned it down because it wasn't uh, paying enough. I think Charles Dance is, um, he's doing a great send up of the English articulate villain. As yes. Well. And he's clearly enjoying himself in a way that makes him very enjoyable to watch. Yeah. He, he's not he, enjoying himself, he's acting someone who's enjoying himself very well. I think, in as far as I was aware of him as an actor at all, it was for things like White Mischief, you know, terribly serious films about white people being unhappy. Uh, yes, I think I'd seen him in Greystoke. Well, I've I've never seen this film before, um, but I, my main memory of him is Greystoke, I think, and now Game of Thrones. Um, was it? Maybe it wasn't Greystoke. No, he was in um, Firstborn. Anyway, I, I, I haven't seen, seen him seen in much, him. but yeah. And he he is just perfect. Yeah, he's he's very good. I'm not saying I don't I wouldn't like to see the Alan Rickman performance as well, but <laughs> um, it's, it's so he he's the the villain that kind of. 
works out what's going on and works out the potential of this magic ticket, um, which we might talk about as, as well a bit as well, because I think... Uh, well, but uh, uh, he he's clearly... Uh, uh, the joy, for me, as with much of this film, comes when they come back to reality, and when he starts to realise that the laws he's had to live by his whole life, that the physical laws of reality don't apply in this universe and mm. he can do much more he can get away with much more it's interesting um, because very often when you have this sort of cross world thing it it is presented as the real world is 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 the dull place where you where you have to be you know an office worker or whatever and yeah. the other world is the exciting one and for him of course it's the other way around yes because he's mandated by the script to lose everything he ever tries to do in the other world um yeah I, I, in some ways and this touches on one of my problems with the film that 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 because we are ultimately watching not only a, a a weak parody i'll say weak parody because this film really does try and have its cake and eat it um and my one of my problems with it is well okay my main problem with the film is when they're in the movie world i think it really should double down on all the movie tropes it, that whole movie the whole opening scene in movie world needs to be half as like it's actually a sort of convoluted plot in the action movie world and it really doesn't need to be as complex it should just be in fact it almost should be this plot makes no sense it's just mm. getting you from one action to, and the kid could be commenting why are we even here it doesn't make any sense but it actually hangs together in a way that it doesn't need to i, I did find long. the whole sequence with leo the farts uh kind of dragged i mean there are things there that need to happen you couldn't just excise the whole segment but i mean that is obviously the 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 primary plot of jack's later four yes but but that is going to be subverted when when benedict shoots his the the crime boss he's working for anyway yes so you don't need that whole thing to play out like there was the whole thing where the whole subplot with f murray abram yeah uh i think that's how you killed mozart yeah, exactly. Which is, it's a nice touch, but you could have excised that whole subplot. It didn't need to be in there. It's just, it's, it's too complicated, I think. And, and I also think they really should have done, like, there's a moment when Danny realises, oh no, I'm the comedy character. I'm the, I'm the mm. comedy sidekick. If they re, I really think they should have absolutely doubled down on that and played it up in yeah, a way. Yeah, so, you know, I know I'm the comedy sidekick, therefore I know I won't get seriously hurt, but I will exactly. be embarrassed, that kind of thing. But I'm going to end up, whatever I try and do is going to fail, but in a funny way, and I won't get hurt for it. In a way that, actually, I'm going to plug a, a much more recent film, the Jumanji, the latest Jumanji film does this much better it really plays with the comedy tropes of like i'm the rock i'm the i'm the hero character i can get away with this oh no i'm the comedy sidekick i'm mm-hmm. the token female with my uh with my skimpy outfit and i think if it had been a bit more like that and really pushed it um then and, and well, I, I know what i'd cut to make room for that which is the whole trying to persuade arnie that he's in a film when he is still in filmland. Yes, yeah, exactly. That just and and there are a lot of quite repetitious moments of Danny trying to convince him that mm. if we had more of the hey you're with the the re- re- the digital recreation of Bogart, you know that kind of stuff, which I thought was absolutely great. Mm. Um, and they're just bonkers. I, I just of, love that police station. Yeah, the whole police station is, and I do like the the um, the contrast between the the open quotes re- real police station, um, but some more of that stuff where I, I think I would have liked them to lean into it more. I think that would have worked better for me. Frank McRae was the shouty police captain in Forty Eight Hours. He not the very first shouty police captain, but he really made that. And yes, getting that... him to play him here is, is just superb. I love it. I I love it, and I. To the point where it's almost a bit incongruous when those moments happen, when he, you know, shouts at them to the level of incomprehensibility and steam comes out of his ears, which I like. It's almost a bit too much that. But a lot of the film was a bit more slow moving. And Mm. uh, like, I like the little moments when he, like, walks into his new apartment and he just shoots in the cupboard and into his wardrobe. And he's like, why, why'd you do that? How'd you know there was a guy? And he's like, oh, there's always a guy in there. Mm -hmm. That sort of stuff. If it had all been that, it would have worked better for me. But it it was a bit slower than it needed to be. And what another thing I very much like is when Danny comes back. 
and he's saying to Nick the projectionist, I was in this amazing place, and Nick doesn't disbelieve him, which in so many of these films... Yeah, it's just instantly he's like, oh no. In fact, his main tragedy is, why didn't I use this ticket? Mm-hmm. I, I do think that some of that may be a holdover, because obviously if, if he is the, the Satan tempter figure... Yeah. Then obviously he would believe, but I, I think that's also we get that bit with Danny getting mugged when he leaves his apartment. Yeah. And really, all it does is show yes, he's living in a rubbish area and he's going to get delayed by this thing, and it's, it sets up the handcuff key. But yeah, I do think that that would also be you know here is all this stuff that life is piling on you, and now you get to get your revenge. It would be feeding yes, into it that. May that have made more sense in that. Yes, in, in yeah. this script, it feels a bit. Yeah, I agree. It's a bit too much, and we don't need to be told what reality is like. We already live in it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. It would have made more sense in that context. I, uh, I'll admit, one of, one of my minor fixations, and possibly the reason I like the kitchen scene even more, uh, is the the way in standard Hollywood, classical music generally means these people are snobbish and up themselves. Yeah, whereas here we have this character who's constantly been surrounded by cool rock music, everything mm-hmm. he does, and actually he doesn't like it all that much. He's a bit sick of it, and when he hears some um, some Mozart, he's he's just transformed by it. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that's a strong implication that he's never actually spent time talking with a woman. He's just gone straight from you know seeing them to getting them into bed. So. Exactly. Yeah, and it's, yes, it's, it's like I've never actually spoken to a woman before. Um, yeah, pl- I would have liked to have maybe seen. Danny's discomfort a bit more about this character that he idolises, actually thinking about him being up all night with his mum. I, but I, I do, yeah, that's a nice frame. Um, that, that I've I, seen. It's, it's a shame that the mother really isn't in it after that. Well, we could talk about female characters here, except we've already covered most of them. <laughs> <laughs> we have the comedic... Well, I do... I don't know how I feel about the the daughter character. I mean, she's it's another one of those having your cake and eat it things in that they she's supposed to be exploitative uh, or exploited um, or eye candy or however you want to put it, and so they can really lean into that and make her extremely uh, uh, <laughs> extremely exploited. Um, but but be like, no, it's okay because she can also give as good as she gets and also this is this movie world anyway I still felt a little uncomfortable about her uh, portrayal uh, yeah and th- this is the year after uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer the film came out yeah it's that kind of Joss Whedon brand of fen- feminism of <laughs> um, this is my idea of a strong female character is one that kicks a guy in the nuts and can overpower them um, which would I'm sure the real world could do with a little more of that, but it's not quite the way to make a three-dimensional female character. Also, I would just like to point out, field stripping in AK-47 does not take long. They're, they're kind of convenient that way. <laughs> that, that was the whole point. Okay. Um, I'd like to talk... So, well, I guess well, maybe that's one of the continuity errors. There are many continuity errors in this which are deliberate. Well, that's what I would have liked to see more like well, the kid commenting, Danny commenting on continuity mm. errors. Um, I'd like to talk briefly about the magic ticket because it was another reason it doesn't work. That some people didn't like the magic ticket and just didn't want to explain why it goes into the movie world. To me, if you're in a world where there is a magic, literally a magic ticket that can take you into films, then you're already not in reality. Mm. I want a more believable I, I know, it's bonkers. In, in anyway. the original script, it's not explained how it happens, it just happens. I think that would be better, except the the good thing about the, the ticket MacGuffin is that then um, it can be exploited by Charles Dance's character later. Hmm. Um, and that's, I suppose that's my issue with the, the second half of the film, is that re, if movie world wasn't movie enough for me, and it, or intermittently, reality is too movie for me, Um it, it, all the thing, the thing that really, uh, like, there's a bit where Arnie like punches through a window, and I'm uh, cognizant of the Terminator, you know, when he's like, mm. you know, if he did that, he'd break every bone in his hand, and and that, you know, we had that wonderful scene of oh, I saw a guy on PCP once, um, mm. but Arnie in this in this reality, yeah, it hurts him more than movie reality, but he's just like, ow, my hand hurts a bit, and he's just punched through. Rather than it's streaming with blood from all the crap. Rather than, holy crap, um, what have I done, what's going on, ow, ow, ow. I I would have liked to see a bit more of that. Similarly, um, his driving style 
it would, would have been nice to see some some indication that no, you can't actually drive like that in a, in a car that you only have one of. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's and um, uh, in a similar way, you know, his confrontation with the Ripper in reality. He does a total movie thing to win, you know, he jumps out of the end, he smashes the electricity thing and it lands in just the way and he just happens to be in the water and it electrocutes him in a very movie style mm. and then Arnie knows that somehow it's shorted out so he walks through the same puddle seconds later without worrying about it. That was straight out of an action movie. What I'd like to see with him try that and it just not work and then him have to rely on his own resources as an action hero... I think that's why I, I wanted to see him struggle more with reality and the, the, the mm, really shitty bits of it, but still, because he is an action hero, find within himself. And th- this isn't bad because I'm criticizing the film. I'm criticizing the film for not being the film I want it to be. But I, what I wanted was him to be. He's still a hero. He can still deal with this stuff. He's just he's not expecting it, and so he finds it within himself eventually. Yeah, I mean, he he is he is still. You know, a super physical specimen, strength reflexes, whatever, but he doesn't have yeah. the superhuman ability to do stuff that he would have as a character in the film. Yeah. Yes, and so you know, when he rescues Danny from the 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 statue a few moments later, it would have been nice if he just dropped him and Danny broke his leg or something. I, I don't know. I just I'd like to see. There, more there's one bit where that does work well, and that that's the uh, car crash. Because yes. I, I think that may be one of the very few times I've seen on screen a realistic looking car crash. And you see what it's beautifully done is it doesn't zoom into it in an action movie way. You just see it from Danny's point of view down the thing. You just see, and and, and mm-hmm. yeah, that is a really nice. And I thought like, if it had been a bit more, I'm, I'm being very critical, but yes, if it had been a bit more like that. The other, again, I, I I'm feeling bad because I'm brimming with enthusiasm for the idea and where these film, where the film reached, um, and where what it tried to do. Because there are a couple of others that I'm going to do the same with. One is the meeting with uh, actual Arnold himself. I mm. loved Arnold being sort of slightly hempex character in the real world, and and that was that was nicely done. I don't think that's actually how Arnold behaves with women, but that's uh, I'm yeah. But but thing. also he he's willing to portray himself as somebody who you know is going to promote the restaurant, even though he knows it's a crass thing to do. Yes, yeah, that's he's, nice. Um, he's, he sends himself up, and it's, it's sort of traditional in this sort of film where you're playing yourself. You, you don't, you play yourself as a slightly unpleasant character. I think that is, I'm not sure I've seen many films where you don't do that when you're playing yourself. Principally, um, being John Malkovich is <laughs> mm. the prototypical example of that. Um, but I would have liked to see, it touches on it when Slater turns around to him, to Schwarzenegger, and says, look, I don't actually like you, you've ruined my life. And I, mm. I would have liked to see that played out a bit more for Slater to realise this guy who looks just like him is not him and doesn't have a hero soul and isn't an action hero. Again, I'm being very critical. The <laughs> other moment I would have, I, again, I think would have made it, but you know, there's a moment when he's... um when Benedict is outlining Dracula and colouring in, that just makes my mind think, oh my god, we're going to have an end scene with all these characters from all these different films. And I just really wish it had leaned into that and had <laughs> King Kong coming up at the end and actual Dracula, any villains that we hadn't had. I mean, we do get death from the Seventh Seal, which I'm not complaining about. And that's <laughs> beautiful. Ian McKellen, and presumably a fairly early film role, because well, he'd mainly so, yeah. been a theatre actor by then. Um He's brilliant. Well, let, let's not forget Joan Plowright. Oh, yes, yes, that's very true. Um, uh, and I... Oh, oh, let, let, let us just bow down and worship here, because that Hamlet, Hamlet sequence. Oh, now, there's my, it may be my favourite thing in the film, but if if I take away one thing from this film, it's from it's Arnold saying, to be or not to be. Not to be, followed by a castle exploding. Mm-hmm. Just, that is the best version of Hamlet I could possibly imagine. I just, oh, I, I just, I absolutely love that, that fake advert. In, in a way, in some ways that set me up for disappointment because the advert, I, I would have, I would have absolutely loved to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger's Hamlet. Mm. That would have been absolutely amazing. 
um, where he's kicking Yorick's head into the... <laughs> it's just so good. It's just so good. I, I completely agree. Sorry, I have knocked a lot of the film. Um, uh, I, I would like to say just lots of little homages that, that I'm sure there were lots I wasn't spotting. Uh, yeah, the, the axe slide down the curtain, like the classic sail dagger slide. Yes, um, yes. Arnie falling away from the lift card, duplicating the one from Die Hard. Yes, that was particularly as it's John McTiernan mm-hmm. directing. Um, yes, that was a very nice moment. And of course, it's a Desert Eagle that Jack Slater's got. It has to be a Desert Eagle. It's the the the, the huge gun of the day. It's actually a forty four rather than a fifty cal, judging by the size. But eh, gun of everything. What about Benedict's gun? What has he got? Uh, that's a, a custom Dan Wesson uh, right. revolver. Uh, basically, they they do make them interchangeable barrels. You can okay. get a barrel that long. There's not a lot of point to it, but. Uh, right, okay. That, I mean, that was a nice. Uh, much is made of his ability to sort of shoot through, but, you know, target anything from any mm. distance. And he's like almost a superpower. That never really comes into play again, which I thought was a bit disappointing. Though I do like the bit about leaving a chamber empty. That was a very nice moment, yeah. I, I mean, the, 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 the confrontations with Charles, uh, the, uh, the final confrontation I quite liked as well, um, where Danny, I, where he's like, oh, you broke my arm, and you're like, oh, that's it, yeah, that, and then it turns out he's bluffing. That really worked for me, because mm. I was expecting the real world to be like that, and that, I, I really like that Danny saves him, and that, that confrontation worked be- much better for me than the one with the Ripper. Yeah, yeah. I think. And I was a bit disappointed the villain that you brought back from another film was the Ripper instead of a really cool... But I well, remember, this been... is before the great big ownership integration thing, so you, they'd was... be limited to just the, the ones Columbia Sony had the rights to. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, they, they can't do a sort of full League of Extraordinary Gentlemen on this, but so I, much I would have liked it. Something I certainly hadn't seen spotted on previous viewings. Um, is there a certain cinema paradiso vibe? I mean... The old projectionist and, and the and the kid. I don't know if that's ours in the journey we've been on, but absolutely, I thought um, it's not a theme I've seen in a bunch of other films, but that doesn't mean they aren't out there. The, from the very where when he goes up and he's he finds him, uh, is it Nick? I can't remember. Mm. He's asleep in the. Um, yeah, absolutely. I felt very strong cinema parody so vibe. And frankly, I enjoyed this film quite a lot more than I enjoyed <laughs> <laughs> cinema parody. I'm not going to lie. Um, I and. Uh, it's probably, I don't know, more realistic <laughs> cinema parodies. <laughs> um, yes, I, uh, I, I got that feeling too, definitely. Um, and presumably, uh, cinema parodies have been quite influential, um, and quite successful. Mm. Um, I, I, I've basically spent the whole time knocking this film for what I wanted it to be. I still, the reason is I'm really enthused about the idea, and I think Arnie is brilliant in it, um, yeah, they, I totally agree with you. This is him being funny in a way that isn't, oh, look at this big guy doing a thing that actually you would expect a slightly more effeminate man to do or a woman. Yeah, compare something um, like Kindergarten Cop. Yes, exactly. Here it is, it's really sending himself up well. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. So, I mean, I think perhaps we should talk, think about the production of it. Which... Yes, we talked a lot about the film itself. The, the genesis of the film might be interesting too. So, yeah, um, I, I should point out here, I've been taking a look at Hit and Run, which is Nancy Griffin and Kim Masters' hatchet job book on John Peters and Peter Goober, who were the studio heads at the time. Of. I think they actually weren't quite at this point, that they were still largely in charge of things. Now, what's, this studio is uh, Paramount, isn't uh, this it? This is Columbia, as bought by Sony. Oh, Sony Columbia, Okay. And that was part of the problem because Sony in Japan was considered the, the upstart company, whereas by American standards they were considered very stodgy, so there were you know, all sorts of cultural clashes and things. Right. Um, it certainly appears that they were expecting the people they hired to do the job in the States to be thoroughly loyal to the company, uh, rather than just saying, give me the money. Uh, right, yes, which uh, is not necessarily the... Uh... Uh, <laughs> the Western way of doing things. Uh, but, well, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of things combined to work against this. Starting right. off with, this was meant to be the big budget hit of the summer. It got now, huge promotion. this was promotion. Arnie's first film after Terminator 2? It was. 
Yes, so uh, he was a bankable star, well bankable by this time. Yeah, I, I'm getting a feeling that there was a, a certain amount of the knives were out for him because he'd just done so much and been paid so much, and I think people are looking for a chance to have a go at him. Um, I, yes. And it might not have been in this film if this film had been better in other respects, but since it was... There was a backlash coming in yeah. some ways, yes. And okay. I think part of that... Um, I mean, they. This was designed to be the anchor for a great big, um, you know, toys and from other promotions, and you know, probably a TV series and all sorts of other stuff. Right. Um, and one of the things they were going to do was action figures of Arnie with a variety of weapons and you know, flamethrowers and machine guns and stuff. And he said, "No, no, I, I don't want that." And he was big enough to be able to say, "No, I don't want that." Uh, yeah, he he was trying to, I mean, the essentially trying to say. All right, yeah, I did those previous parts. That's not who I am. I don't think that's the thing we should be doing anymore. Right. Yeah, let, let's have a look at what what all this violence has actually done in the world. And yeah, maybe maybe that's not what we ought to promote. He, he later blamed us on Bill Clinton getting elected, but you know. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a, interesting. There's a lot about politicians here, um, which is interesting to reflect on. Basically, he spent the last part of his career being a politician. Um, on well, the middle of- part of his career, we have to say at this point. Uh, sorry, sorry, that's true. <laughs> now, currently, he's a uh, kind of a he's becoming sort of a, a YouTube guru. Is guru is his last uh, latest career turn. Anyway, um, while stroking his Conan sword, yeah. I, I'm not saying I've not been moved by his YouTube videos, but, hey. um, but but I do think that what that then feeds into is people who had loved the stuff he'd done before feeling betrayed. You, you know that sort of fandom some people get into of this thing is perfect, and anybody who criticises it is the enemy. Yes, and here is the I guy who was in well. it criticizing it. He, he must be the worst enemy of all. Yes, you've got to be. I mean, there are ways of doing that successfully. Um, probably wasn't done here. So it, uh, the, there were at least plans to make it a more actiony action film, and some of that is Arnie wanting to tone it down. Oh, really? That's interesting. Okay. Uh, so there's that. Um, there was a huge promotional budget for it. I mean, they, they spent half a million on getting the getting the na- film's name painted on the side of a rocket the first time this had say, been done. Wasn't this the film that got painted on the side of a rocket? And I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that just to me that I, I don't know how other people to me that feels so crass, and so um, I, I would actively. I mean, my my memory of this film at the time. Uh, which you, I'm sure you'll come on to, is that this was a disaster and it was a total bomb and no one should watch it. Which is part of the reason I've never watched it. Mm. Yeah, and, and I missed that. And I don't know why. I am, I may just have been with a, with a different group of people, but I, I just didn't hear about it at all. Mm. Uh, possibly because I was being a medical student. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was about to be a veterinary student, but not quite. Um, I, I, I also think I don't know. I, I, I hate to say that people have more intelligence than uh, studios give them credit for, but I, I sometimes wonder if studios feel actors and actresses are more bankable than they are. Whereas, you know, what would draw me to Terminator Two or the Terminator One would not be. Oh my goodness! It's got Schwarzenegger in it. It would be oh, this is a continuation of a story that I found really compelling. Well, we we mentioned, I think, in the context of Die Hard, uh, the cinema score system. Yes, and that was certainly being used very much at this point, you know, as computers are getting cheaper and so on. Uh, so that's very much the way they're thinking. You know, people are saying, "I would go and see a film with this plot." And then so many more people say, I would go and see a film with this, with this plot with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. So that, that yes. gives you a number on how bankable he is and so on with everybody else. And but there how was. How accurate that is, it, it turns out, yeah. Not at all, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's actually not a thing they did here because, um, yeah, they, they had a release date. Right. And this was a huge budget film and, it was a very compressed shooting schedule, and it's not entirely clear why they had that very compressed schedule. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of time for reshoots, and even as it was, they only had ten weeks post-production, which for something this big with this much special effects and so on is, is way too little. So by ten weeks, what you mean is from the date of wrapping principal photography to release in theatres for yeah. ten weeks. 
That's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, twice that would be more usual. Yeah. Um, so you've got that. And a few weeks into that, there, there, there was a, te- a preview screening. Okay. Um, so this, this is going to be released on the 18th of June. They show it to people, uh, on the May Day weekend. And right. it's a, it's a very rough cut. Uh, there are a lot of, a lot of, um, effect shots are missing. I mean, there, there's the actual blue screen background for some of it. Okay. But, you know, presumably a preview audience is used to that. The thing that may have caused more of a problem is the sound editing is very rough and a lot of the dialogue is completely inaudible. Uh, this is, this is going by people who, who were there. Right. Okay. Yeah. That would certainly put me off. So what, so what they're saying is effectively an action film in a foreign language and the, the humor is going to go straight past them. Um, but, for, for various reasons, they really didn't like it, and Sony was sufficiently panicked that they, that they collected up all, all the audience feedback cards and simply never processed them. Oh my god, so they tried to cover up how bad the film was. Yeah, but or... obviously people talked about it and word of mouth got out, the Hollywood reporters yeah. uh, got into it. There, there were rumours of a second screening, which probably never happened, but yeah, somebody started that rumour. Um, so once, yeah, once that's happened, people are going to imagine a film way worse than it actually is. Yeah. And this, yeah, this and that, that is the reason why, when, even once they knew that Jurassic Park was going to be released the week before, on the 11th of oh, June, God. they stuck oh, to God. that date, because if the release, you know, they denounced this date, and if it got postponed, people would be thinking, oh man, this film is in trouble, I'm, I'm not even going to bother. It's interesting you mentioned Jurassic, but I mean, partially, you know, we just talked about Schindler's List, but Jurassic Park to me, so this was in the summer before I went to veterinary school, um, and it's the first, Jurassic Park is the film, the first film that I was kind of cognizant of, of being personally targeted by a ton of media, by a ton of adver- advertising, mm. telling me how great this film was going to be. And it, it actually worked on me because I was quite, I was excited to watch. I had bought the soundtrack for Jurassic Park before I saw the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, and this may be an artifact of being in the UK and at the time, I remember nothing <laughs> about Last Action Hero. And you say they put a ton of money into it. All Apparently. I remember is hearing that it wasn't very good. Uh, I, I, I must admit, uh, I wasn't paying a lot of attention to, let's see, 93. Okay, I, I had already failed as a medical student at this point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is becoming a sad biography of our life. Um, and and yeah. I, I was uh, studying other stuff. I think I think I was, stu- yeah, I just started studying economics at this point. Um, and spoiler, it turned out all right for us, didn't worry. Um, but but I didn't have a lot of um, time or budget to go, go out seeing films, so I wasn't paying a lot of attention to films that were out there. Right, yeah. And it's it's a thing we'll come back to that as we've been looking for you know, acknowledged masterpieces or even films that we remember fondly. Yes. There aren't a lot. We haven't we haven't felt we had a wide choice of a masterpiece from nineteen ninety four, say. I I've been finding the early nineties Bit of a dearth, actually, I must say. Particularly the year, well, we'll talk about 1994 uh, uh, later, mm. but we struggle with that, let's put it that way. Um, but, yeah. um, yeah, so I, I will, you know, a combination of, I don't have a lot of money or time to go and see films. I have, in fact, just discovered the internet. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, and therefore films are now, now irrelevant. And so basically, I'm, I'm, and when I do hear about films, they aren't, films of a sort that particularly interest me and mm. therefore all those things go together to say, yeah, I just I don't think I even heard about this at the time. So that's interesting. They put a ton of money into it and I, I remember a vaguely negative reaction. You you didn't even hear about that. You hadn't heard about it at all. Yeah, and and a few years later, um a chap I was gaming with who had a lot of money and imported Laserdisc films from the US had it. Okay, so that's what you didn't see in in the cinema at the no. time. Well, uh, and and I loved it, but well, it wasn't yeah. a total. I mean, it made money. Well, no, it didn't make money, but it, it, it... it's always hard to say because Hollywood accounting can make a film make or lose money depending on what the studio wants, right? And what the what the narrative they want about the film to be, yeah. But it it brought 
home, if we could say, sort of close to $100 million or something, didn't it? Uh, but it would just cost a lot of money to make. Um, so it's uh, it's just one of those films that was very expensive and needed to make a lot of money, and it didn't mm. make a lot of money. And then the the narrative about the film became, this is a total flop. Yeah, now, so so the budget was something like $135, $140 million dollars. Um, contemporary, yeah, and it got fourteen million at its open week opening weekend, and it okay, made fifty yeah. million overall. Um, rule of thumb is that's the cinematic receipt, so you halve that to get back to what the studio gets. Okay, and then you factor in all this stuff later, but it's still mm. it's hard to break even with that kind of thing. Now, did I genuinely don't know this? Did it then go on to become a cult classic? It's not a film that's been forgotten. I don't think. I mean, mm. certainly it's still... Now, whether that's because it's not been forgotten because it was the last... Because it was a total flop, I don't know. It wasn't even the biggest disaster. No, there have been more catastrophic... Uh, did it become a cult classic? Uh, uh, I, I believe so. I, th- I think the VHS release uh, was quite successful. I mean, I can see why going into this film, if you're expecting utter disaster you'd be like, what's wrong with this film? I don't understand. I know I've spent a lot of time criticising it, but that's because my criticism of Last Action Hero is I think it's merely good when it could have been absolutely mm. great. Um, but it's I'd certainly a bit of a stretch to call it a bad film. I... Yeah, uh, so I got a VHS. I'm, my memory says I saw it on this guy's Laserdisc player, but I may be wrong on that. Okay. Um, it was certainly one of the early DVDs I bought, uh, sufficiently early that it actually came on a double-sided thing and you had to flip the DVD over halfway through the film. Oh my god, I've still got some DVDs like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it is a long film. It is a film that is longer than it needs to be, frankly. For it, 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 it has had some pretty shoddy treatment. It was, it was released uh, in a double set with Iron Eagle. And with Hudson Hawk on, on Blu-ray. Occasion, yeah. Oh my goodness! So it, it, it's 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 you should know a man by the company he keeps. And goodness <laughs> me, that, <laughs> that's um, that's some tough company to keep. Um, uh, I, I, I know a guy who's who's done occasional comedy work who reckons this this is probably his favourite Schwarzenegger because of the way the humour is handled. And he's, he, he's he, the his, his general feeling is people who didn't like it didn't get the joke. And I think there was a certain amount of that. I I agree with that. I mean, I I have other criticisms. I will say, I really do think it. Um, uh, what do we call it nowadays? Hits the landing. What do you call it? Sinks the landing. I can't remember the phrase now. It it, it ends well. It ends mm. at a point where it moves me emotionally. I I like the conceit that a fatal wound in our reality is just going to be a flesh wound in in the movie reality. Um, I think it's it's a good ending to the film, and that you know, I don't know. As humans, if if you have a good ending, you're going to remember the rest of it fondly. And I, mm. I do. I, it's certainly a film I'd watch again. I, I don't get touched in the feels, I think, as readily as you, because uh, I'm older <laughs> and more cynical. But um, yeah, this, this is this is one that gets it for me. Really? So this one does move you? Yeah. Goodness me. Your cold black hearts is is touched by Arnold in this. <laughs> I I agree. I I think the ending is is it does it. Yeah, I, I, it does it for me. And and I wouldn't be sad to see a sequel. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen. But I wouldn't uh, be horrified. Schwarzenegger was talking about it uh, a couple oh, of years really? ago, but. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see it now. I just want to clarify. <laughs> I, I've had enough of that kind of stuff uh, for a lifetime. But yeah, I. I uh, yeah, I, I like it. It's, it's very good. It's, it's a sad story. It came out, so it had the Jurassic Park effect. It had the very compressed release date effect. Um, is it recognisably a John McTiernan film? You know, the last film we saw of his was Die Hard. How do you feel it holds up against Die Hard? Ooh. I, I'm certainly not going to deny that Die Hard is a better film. Um, perhaps we should hold it up against Predator, for that matter, when, it, when he's working with Schwarzenegger. Oh, it's interesting because I feel Predator. Um, I really like, but it never quite hits the heights I want it to hit. Predator, <laughs> but I think if you ask me which film do I prefer, uh, I, Predator would do it for me, just for the sheer 
nonsensical manliness of predatory <laughs> <laughs> make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus um yeah that's oh dear we mm. should watch predator sometime um yeah but I, if I was watching Predator, I'd probably rather be watching The Thing or The Terminator, but which all feel sort of <laughs> similar. Um, yeah, probably, I, it was I'm, a hard question. I'm, I'm not that familiar. I mean, I haven't really looked at a cross section of McTiernan. I think he's, I think he's pretty flexible. Um, I yeah. mean, one would he he did after all make Medicine Man, which is not by any stroke of the imagination an action film. Um, well, he got this, this reputation of being the king of the action films on the strength of Die Hard. Well, and Die I, Hard and Predator is not a bad resume. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a pretty good resume. And they are. they both. The action is clean and clear. You understand the stakes. I think maybe less so in Last Action Hero, uh, but in a way that's excusable because it's supposed to be a bit fantastical and non... They're basically, the characters are supposed to be put in crazy situations and you not quite understand why but that's sort of the point of it Mm. yeah I I think it's a shame things happened to it the way they did Uh, yeah I mean even given a time machine and lots of lots of money I don't think one could easily fix it because there were just so many things pointing in the same unfortunate directions but... It's a sort of film that makes me want to write my own script for it, and it would probably—I mean, I would, I, it would have tanked even worse. You know, I'm not saying I would know what to do, but it, it sort of makes me think, "Oh, it's so close! I just want to nudge it in the right direction." Mm. And that's—that's—it's it, a thing we've talked about before. I think of of that frustration one gets of this is so nearly a superb film, and it's an okay film. Yes, and it's. Um, it does praise, certainly of a kind, you know. It, it engage. I, I wouldn't change the actors. I wouldn't change anything about it, other than just I'd want some bits more accentuated. But... I I don't do you know top tens or whatever. Uh, but this was a film I got for my collection quite early in building up a film collection. Yes, I could tell you have a lot of affection for it, and I, it's it's good for me to be not not have a sort of affection or nostalgia for it, and still appreciate where you're coming from um <laughs> but um, i if we're going into the is this a masterpiece or not or, uh, not but it could have been i think that would be my feeling yeah i think that's fair i mean i think it does many things right but it also does a bunch of things wrong so yeah just a bit too much wrong but i would have been happy to see more of this kind of arnie than the twins Slash that terrible one where he's pregnant that I've forgotten. <laughs> what junior? Um, yeah, that kind of that kind of comedy, Arnie. Um, I mean, it's comedy with a with a serious edge to it, which I think is what comedy has to be if it's not going to be slapstick. I I'm in the mood for all of those sometimes, but yes, I think yeah, I would prefer some the comedy to say something rather than just be flat out. If I just want slapstick, then Airplane does it much better than. Yeah. <laughs> if you just want complete bonkers, uh, um, I, I understand that that, that uh, in in the attempt to appeal to both action and comedy fans, some some of the people at the studio started calling this a feathered fish. It was then pointed out to them that a feathered fish is neither going to fly very well nor swim very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, uh, right idea, but the wrong effect. Um, yeah, mm. that's that's a fair point. Um, what so? Do, was it influential? Probably, it probably was in a negative sense. Mm. Unfortunately, um, in that no one wanted to make a film like this again for some time. I mean, yeah, there have I mean, been the... films where people enter the movie world, like the Purple Rose of Cairo. Um, is that a Woody Allen? I think that's a Woody Allen. Mm, I think so. They, they play with that kind of um, conceit. Though that's more of romantic films. Um, uh, but yeah, it's not really been mimicked in the same sort of way. Uh, Jumanji's the other one that springs to mind that is taking the piss out of action films, but still does it quite well. Mm. The the new Jumanji, not the old Robin Williams Jumanji. Yeah. The next film Arnie made the next year, well, he made two in 94, um, oh, yeah. True Lies and Junior. So, I know you you like True Lies better than I do, but I don't think it's terrible. Uh, it's not a masterpiece, but it's not... Yeah, I agree, it's not terrible. Junior, um, I think I have seen... I'm getting a horrible feeling that I have seen it. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's very good. That was uh, when um, the funniest thing in the world was having 
Danny DeVito on the same screen as, as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wasn't that twins? One. Yeah, but Danny DeVito's also in Junior. Ah, okay. Because it's funny. Danny he's he's also in this. Uncredited. He, uh, he... He's the cat, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I thought I recognised the name. Yep. I thought I recognised the voice. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, after that, yeah, I mean, Arnie's career, I think it would be fair to say he's going downhill after this. I mean, he does Eraser, um, oh, yeah. Jingle All the Way, Batman and Robin, End of Days, The Sixth Day. How can you say Batman and Robin's not a bad film? He's, the, he's Mr. Freeze and his catchphrases. You're not sending me to the cooler. I mean, uh, collateral damage, which I haven't even seen. Oh, I vaguely remember it. Uh, Terminator 3. I mean, basically, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's not the great stuff that he had been doing, put it that way. No, no. It was, whether this was the cause of it or whether Arnie could see that coming and was trying to do something about it. Probably a bit of both, I suspect. Um, yeah, well, the, the other consideration is you, you can't just keep remaking Total Recall with more and more guts. Oh, Total, that is a Sooner great... or later you run out of guts. <laughs> that is, oh, I'd love to. The joyless remake with bloody Colin, Colin Farrell. Um, goodness, it's like the Robocop remake. Anyway, we'll have to do Robo- Robocop is a masterpiece. We'll have to do yep. that at some point. Go, I'll go um, along with you there. Uh, let, let's not even think about the sequels. Never happened. Yeah, never happened, exactly. Um, or the remake. But the original Robocop, that is how you do a parody. Um, mm. Anyway. Well, I think we're grinding to a halt um, with this one. Um, so, um, I think we will call it a day, but we will be back. If God was a villain, he'd be me. I knew you'd go for that quote. <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing quote. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.